This morning, we are going to focus on Psalm 148. You know, even before we realized, we are already into a sermon series, which I never planned, but it happened to be, become a sermon series called Praise. Last two weeks, you know, we have been talking about praise. First week, we talked about, we had a sermon on living praise. And second week, last week, we said not die, but live to praise. And today, the third sermon in the series, I want to title this sermon as Creation's Praise. Deriving the, this title from the psalm that we read. If you remember the psalm we read, we mentioned a couple of things about God's creation. You know, what are all the creations that God did or what are the creatures that, that were created by our God? Psalm 148 focuses on creation. It's a creation-focused psalm. It is believed that Psalm 146 to 50, how many psalms are in the Bible, by the way? How many? 153? 150. Good, good answer. So 150 psalms we have in the Bible. So 146 to 150, it is believed that these psalms were most likely written during the dedication of the second temple. If you remember the history, when children of Israel were taken as exile to Babylon, after they returned, after 70 years, God asked them to build the city of Jerusalem and also the temple of God. So they were building the temple of God. In fact, it more precisely, it is believed that Psalm 148 was written as a dedication to the temple of God, as they were dedicating, to the, dedicating the temple of God. Now, as we go further, I will, you know, I want to give an introduction, proper introduction to Psalm 148. And those who are preachers, you can understand my struggle this morning. It's not easy to derive a sermon out of Psalm 148. It says all the creations, you praise God, praise God, praise God. So what? It's not that easy to, you know, get with, come with a sermon on Psalm 148. So in order to set the context this morning, we need to understand human is not the only creature that praises God. Human is one among the many creations of God that praise Him today. You know, many times we think that we are the one, only one to made to praise God, but that's not true. This psalm is a valuable contribution to the biblical theology known as the theology of creation. This psalm talks about a triangular relationship between God, His creations, and human. Can you have the next slide? So God, nature, and humanity. So Psalm 148 brings all these three together. What are they? God, and nature, and humanity. And we all remember, nature would have been perfect Nature would have been all fine if only we were not there on the planet. Do you agree? We made a mess. And today, we suffer and the nature suffers. So we, nature would have been perfectly well if we were not here. It was the creation of human that became a failure that the triangle had broken. Because we sinned and we went away from God, God could not maintain the proper relationship that originally he planned to maintain with human and with the nature. The whole creation 
has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right now in the present time because the whole creation is trying to find an escape from this corrupted world here in the psalm all the creatures including human beings we are called to express our appreciation to the, our creator who is our creator who is our creator our god our god the father created the whole universe so here a psalmist is calling all of us all his creations to bring a full appreciation to our creator god almighty now when we get into a psalm there is one question that came in my mind i don't know whether your mind you think about that question that one question came as we were trying to understand psalm 180 whether the creations praise god praising god whether it is spoken here metaphorically or symbolically or they really do that it's not a question for you is it a question for you whether these creations, you know, God, the psalmist is saying that stars and moon and sun, you all praise God. All the trees and all the living things, you praise God. When some psalmist is saying this, and I was thinking whether metaphorically, symbolically, he is telling the creations to praise God, or the psalmist is really meaning that in really he means that, you know, the creations must praise God. Now, if we say it is metaphoric, if we say that it is symbolic, psalm 148 loses its significance okay so what psalmist is comparing okay all the sun you praise all the moon you praise but now if we say it is real the question is whether all the creatures do they have soul to praise god the question is whether they have their own conscience to praise god now if you get into that line we will end up with some something some ideas and some other theology known as animism or panpsychism which we don't believe we don't believe that you know all the living things or all the objects that we see today on the face of this earth they have a soul we don't believe that so what is happening here you know i believe this is what is happening there the real theology behind psalm 148 i think this is what is if you can read that together all creatures can you read that loud all creatures other than angels and human beings bring glory to god by simply being themselves and fulfilling their God-given roles in the creator order, created order. You know, this is what Psalmist is trying to tell. Apart from angels and human beings, you know, they can't raise their voice. They cannot be out loud praising God. They cannot even think to praise God, but they are just existing. Their very own existence bring praises to God. You know, they're, they, they are performing their duties very well. Think about every morning. If sun doesn't come up, it doesn't happen it never happened in the history it's always right there to do its job perfectly you know when such an obedience is today we see in nature obviously they bring glory to god they bring praises to god so it is not the sense of a verbal communication psalmist says in psalm 19 verses 1 to 3 the heavens declare the glory of god can you read with me and the firmament shows his handy works was to day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard at all 
but simply by being there some you know simply by being there and displaying the splendor and the glory and the majesty they are alluding together to the to it, their creator god almighty you know that itself tells us you know that they are praising god they are able to thank god and praise god now if you see the historical context of this psalm as i mentioned the psalm is the post exile psalm children of god returned to jerusalem and they started building the temple of god as they were building the temple of god this psalm is sung as the temple was dedicated what is psalm 148 if you want to put it in the next slide if you want to put it in few words this is what you can summarize psalm 148 help me reading it together it is the most solemn and earnest call to all the creations to praise their creator according to their capacity things with and without life things rational and irrational all are summoned to join the chorus of the all times all creations you know so many psalmist is calling all the creations to praise god to bring glory to god you know how important it is to bring glory to god why do you think God need to be praised? Why we should praise God? Any idea? Why should we praise God? Oh, we are here without knowing why we are here? Because? Sorry, I can't hear you maybe, yeah. He's worthy of our praise, is that you said? He's worthy of our praise? That's good, right? So any other reason? We are alive. We are alive. Right? To praise God. Last week we talked about dead cannot praise God. Right? Only those who are living can praise God. Right? So, so we know that, you know, He is the supreme power. We know that He is the creator of the whole universe. He is completely self-sufficient. He doesn't really need our praise, but He deserves he deserves all our praise he's worthy of all our praise you know it is not it is not right for us not to praise someone who deserves praise it is not right for us not to praise somebody who deserves you think about in the situation in your work situation you have achieved something you know working day and night and your boss comes to next to you and he doesn't even care about what you have submitted and he gives you the next assignment can I get this done tomorrow evening? He doesn't really care about how do you feel? You know, you put your effort day in and day in, day in and day out, and then you know you accomplish that, and your boss doesn't care. When someone is due to praise, it is important for us to praise him. You know, that's the most of the struggle that we have in our families, you know. When real good food is made, obviously there's an expectation of a praise, right? From your wife, from, from your wife or from your husband depends on who cooks right so 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 there is a there is the praise due for something good that had happened and there is an expectation of praise you know our god is not different from us he expects us to praise him and more than that bible commands us to praise many times millions of times bible commands us to praise do we need to obey yes we need to obey and more than that we love him so much we love our God so much, so we want to praise Him. So there is more reason. You know, God is also a jealous God. He says, I will not give my glory to someone else. 
He's a jealous God. So he expects praise. So praise is the right thing to do. You know, I also agree with C.S. Lewis. You know, he says he's a British theologian. And this is what he says. He says, I think, can you read with me? I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise is not merely expressing, expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. They delight, the delight is incomplete till it is expressed. We say that we love our God, we say that we love Him so much, but if we don't express our love to Him, our expression or our love is incomplete. So this morning I want to structure this sermon, and this is what I would like to structure, Psalm 148. Psalmist is, first of all, he is calling the higher house, the celestial world, to bring prices to him. And secondly, he is calling the lower house, the terrestrial world, to bring prices unto God. In the celestial world, we see the, in the heavenly being in the heavenly realm. And we also see the inanimate creations, the sun, moon, and the stars in the celestial realm. And, in the, you know, it's a very practical psalm. He's just putting everything together so that all the creations, you know, they get the focus to praise God. In the lower house, we see all the irrational creatures. You know, we see the, 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 we, we see those whales, the sea, sea animals and sea living beings and all the creatures are, that we see on the face of this earth. We also see the material things, the hail and the storm and the snow and the rain and all those things. And then he talks about the different ranks of human beings. He talks about kings and princes and judges and um, uh, men and women, older men and younger, uh, you know, children and all those category of people. And then God, he talks about God's own people. He's bringing everybody together and he's, you know, bringing a focus on everybody to praise God. Remember the praises that we praise today, with we praise today our God is, we are not the only people praising God. We are not the only creature that is praising God. You know, the entire universe, they enter all the creations of the universe. They are all praising God together. Let's read verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him the highest. Verse 2. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His hosts. First of all, the psalmist is calling the heavenly beings to praise God. You know, we are living in the darkest world today. We are living in a fallen world today. We are living in a corrupted world today. There is no justice. There is no good things happening. There is evil everywhere. We are living in a world that is surrounded with the darkness. We never look at the world above that is filled with light. There is a world above. I'm not talking about, you know, obviously when you look around, you'll see the stars and sky and everything. But then there is a spiritual world above. And that's the heavenly realm that Psalmist is talking about. We know from the Bible that there is a world above and that is the angelic realm. Angels continually praise God and worship God. Have you seen an angel? Any of you? You can raise your hands. Yes? One? Okay. Sometimes you will see angels. Bible even says that you know, angels can come in the form of even human beings. We, we may treat them you know, without knowing they are angels. There are many testimonies. There are many testimonies, sometimes even you see people, you serve them, and you know, the moment you turn, you don't see them. And I remember my dad used to tell his story that one day we went to a 
small grocery store, the, the merchants who are sitting at the side of the road and selling vegetables. And when he uh, was there by trying to buy something, there is an old man came there, having an, you know, traditional Indian cloth, white and white, you know, wearing that, and he came there. And all that he had is, I guess it was five rupee in his hand. And uh, he gave that money to the merchant and asked for some fruits. And the merchant threw that five, five rupee to the man and said, who can give you fruit for five rupee? Get lost from here. And he just screamed at him. And then my, my dad, he just uh, volunteered to pay for him whatever he wants. And then the, he volunteered and then he paid and asked him to get whatever he wants. So he packed up everything and gave in his hands. And the moment my dad turned, there's nobody. There is nobody. You know, there are many testimonies today. But if we do even see angels, so even if you see some stranger, do not reject him. That's what the Bible says. Because you don't know, he may be an angel, she may be an angel. Just have concern, have love over strangers. Heavenly beings, angels occupy the first rank of creation. So they are expected to start this chorus of praises from the heavenly realm. That's the idea. The psalmist is putting them at a friend. And he wanted the angels to continue the praises from the heavenly realm as angels started worshipping him. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 we read, And one cried to another, we are talking about angels now, one cried to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The, the whole earth is full of his glory. In Revelation, John, when God opened his eyes, this is what he is able to, to see. In Revelation chapter 5 verses 11 and 12, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands in the heavenly realm we see innumerable company of angels we see in the heavenly realm you know God is seated in the middle of the, all the angels and he is being worshipped and praised day in and day out it is God's desire that praise may be aroused by the angelic hosts in the heavenly realm and then it is transmitted to the down, lower levels and it reaches the earth. Here on the earth, we praise God intermittently. We praise God sometimes when we feel like praising God. There are some lives, goes one week, just goes easily without even a single praise uttered to God. I'm talking about believers, those who follow Christ. Not even a single praise. You may say without your conscience, praise the Lord. I'm not counting that, sorry. Without your, with your conscience, with the bottom of, from the bottom of your heart. But in heavenly realm, the angels praise God continually day in and day out. Day and night, they continually praise God. Here on earth, we gather together in churches, maybe few in number, maybe thousand. Or maybe 10,000 in big arenas when we gather together to praise God. But in heaven, angels are innumerable in count. Hebrew 12, 22 says, But you have come, if you can read that with me, Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, You have come to the Mount Zion and to the city of the Lord, uh, of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. There are thousands and thousands of angels in the heavenly realm praising God, worshipping God. And as they start this chorus, it's coming, it's getting a chord 
to the inanimate objects that we see in heaven verses 3 and 4 praise him sun and moon praise him all you stars of light praise him you heaven and heavens and you waters above the heavens the inanimate creations of God Sun moon and the stars the focus of praise is moving from the animate being even though they are spiritual being from the living beings in the heavenly realm to an inanimate being to the inanimate being of sun moon and stars sun moon and stars are considered as objects of light they produce light or they reflect light now they are the heavenly objects they perfectly do their duty every day and every night and they bring light you know Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17 our God is the father of lights our God is the father of lights they constantly praise God you know today Sun moon and the stars they are considered as objects of worship by millions across the world people worship because they are seen but our God we are talking about a God who is not seen who is an unseen God the psalmist is calling these objects they are created objects to worship the one who created these objects amen how awesome it is when people worship these created objects but now our God is calling us to worship the one who created all those objects including the farthest objects that they ever spotted using Hubble telescope which is we can go to the next slide which is 13 billion light years from the earth I mean we don't see that star here this is just a general picture the farthest object that had been noted by the scientists by astronomers using Hubble's telescope is 13 billion light years if you know a little bit what is light year the distance traveled by light in one year and how far this star is 13 billion light years you know that's the advancement of astronomy I'm amazed so that object is so God is calling even that object there are millions such objects in heaven which is not even spotted by the scientists and God is calling those objects to worship God to worship God Sun produces 4.26 million metric tons of energy that is equal to 3.846 into 10 to the power 26 watts such a powerful energy God is calling that object which was created by God to worship him all the other stars all the other galaxies they are up there in the space to perform their duties without fail praising God worshiping his creator psalmist is calling all of them to praise their creator as Bible says there are visible and invisible objects in heaven that human kingdom has never seen with all these theological sorry technological advancements and you can imagine the immense wisdom the creator would have had when he created all this and there is a very valid reason to praise God skill our God is such a magnificent God psalmist says in Psalm 83 when I consider your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained and in Job chapter 26 verse 7 Job says <coughs> excuse me he stretches out the north over empty spaces 
He hangs the earth on nothing. You know, when God pronounced these words for men and women of God to write down these scriptures, you know, Bible is not a scientific book. Bible is not a, it's a theological book. But Bible gives insight into science. You know, later on, scientists, astronomers, they found out, they talked about the expanding universe. Objects are moving one, one from the other. Bible says he stretches out north over empty spaces. Now when we move to the lower level, we will continue to see the work of God in our lives. And Psalmist is calling all of us to praise him. What an amazing God we serve. Psalm 148 verse 7. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. 148 verse 10, beasts and all carols, creeping things and flying fowl. Now when we move to the lower house, we see irrational creatures like sea creatures. Scientists, they estimated there are more than 2 million marine species live in oceans. And out of them, less than one million what is identified by scientists. There are more than two million marine. You know, why, do, why am I saying all these things this morning? I'm telling you all these things because we want to understand who our creator is. What a mighty God who created us, who created this universe. We see all the seabirds. We see all fishes. We see all reptiles. We see the sea lion, seals and sharks and rays and squid and octopus and sea turtles and the reptiles, shellfishes and the corals and the invertebrates which is not having the backbone to move, they crawl. The whales and the dolphins and we can just go on and on. When we see all these things, Psalmist is calling such a massive number of sea creatures to praise God. Amen. And if you move to the next slide, from the most aggressive animals, the most dangerous beasts of the land until the living, the crawling things and the flying insects. It is estimated there are more than 15 million such species living on the face of this earth. But again, only 2 million of them were currently spotted by scientists. Psalmist is calling all these species on the land to praise God. You know, they all perform their duties very well and most of them are involved in maintaining the ecology maintaining the, the climatic conditions and various things for which God had created them. They do their job perfectly well. God is also calling the material things in Psalm 148 verse 8. He says lightning, fire and hell, hail and snow and clouds, stormy winds. They all fulfill God's word. They all obey God's word. That's what he says. The material things, they have no life in them. They are just produced they are made to do certain, you know, certain things. They are, most of them are made out of the, some of the natural phenomena that are happening, that are taking place. Fiery meteors, the meteorites, the asteroids, the comets, the hailstorm, snowstorm, rain, and dark, thick cloud that brings rain to us today. Stormy winds and hurricanes and all those things. Bible says they all obey perfectly the word of, the, the word of God. They just do what they're supposed to do. Psalm 107, 25, Psalmist says, For he commanded and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They perfectly obey the voice of the Lord, the command of God. You remember when Jesus was calming the raging sea, the disciples said, this is what the disciples said, what kind of man is this? 
Even the winds and the waves obey him. The nature obey to his voice, to his word. Nature praises God by showing absolute obedience to God's word. Absolute obedience to the voice of the Lord. If you can see the next slide, verse 9 says, Mountains and hills, they fulfill the will of God, the desire of God, and the fruitful trees and the cedars. They all obey, they all give praises to God. Mountains and hills, you know, they stay as an evidence for the magnificent glory of God. They praise God by displaying the splendor, the majesty, and the beauty of God Almighty Himself. They are so solid. Some of those trees are so solid. The Bible says in Psalmist, Psalmist says in 125 verse 1, those who trust in the Lord, can you read that with me? Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Mount Zion, the creation of God. God is calling that creation and see, when you go through trouble, I want you to trust you like another creature that I created. Mount Zion. The mountains, how solid, how strong they are. There are fruit-bearing trees. They bring fruits in season. Without any season. You know, if they don't bring those fruits on season, we don't find that fruit in Costco that year. And we all go and complain why that fruit does not come. I want to buy that particular fruit. I don't want all this what I see here. And they, what they will say? They will come and politely tell you, sorry, it's not the season for that fruit. Right? If you try to find strawberry in the month of May or June, will you get? You'll get? I don't know when you get strawberry. Strawberry and blueberry when you get? June to August? Okay, now you're trying to find strawberry in the month of February. February and strawberry may not go well together, right? Okay. Right, so they produce fruit in the right season. They obey to the law of the nature. The mountains and the hills and fruit-bearing trees and the tall trees like cedar. They don't bear fruit, but their logs can be used. Building a temple, building a house, building something. You know, what an amazing God. Psalm 104, 16, the trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted. These mountains and hills and trees and cedars, you know, they all display, they all praise the creator who created them, prophet Isaiah. He visualized this magnificent creation and wonderful cre creation that God had created. And he says there is a time that God is going to redeem his creation from the corruption. You know, today we also talk about the sea is corroded. Sea is polluted with plastic. So many sea animals, they die consuming this plastic. The whole world is polluted. The whole nature is corrupted. Not only the visual pollution that we see, the sin of human being as it piled up on the face of this earth. All these creations are looking at the God, looking at God and saying, Lord, when is our redemption? And Isaiah is prophetically, he's able to see the day when the redemption is going to take place. And he says in Isaiah 55 verse 12, he says, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains, read this carefully, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into what? singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands 
There is a day that's going to come. Today we hesitate to clap hands. But that there is a day that God is going to make the trees to clap their hands and the hills to dance. Today we are called to worship God, praise God in dancing before Him and clapping our hands and worshiping our God Almighty, praising God. You know, moment we say praise, we need to just break forth, break out with praises out loud. You know, that's how God created us. When all these creations are aligned perfectly to bring praises to God Almighty, God is expecting you and me to praise Him. Psalm 148 verse 11, kings of the earth and peoples, princes and all the judges of the earth. Verse 12, both young men and maidens, old men and children, all ranks of human beings. As we see in verse 11 and 12, all ranks of human beings are called or invited to bring praises to God Almighty. Who are all they? Kings and? Kings and? Peoples. It's in the slide. Kings and? All the people. And then who else? Princes and judges. Young men and women. Old men and children. They're all called to bring praises to God. You know, each one is having different authority. Each one is having different responsibility. Each one is having different ability, different capacity, and God is asking us to bring everything into the presence of God with all its capacity to praise Him. Verse 13 says, if you read verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord. For His name alone is what? Exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. Why all this should praise the name of the Lord? Because His name alone is exalted. There is no other name. Because when God is such a great creator of the whole universe, He doesn't want any other name to be exalted. He doesn't want my name and your name to be there exalted. He wants His name alone to be exalted. And Bible says, He is the name and His name is the name above all names in which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess his glory is above the earth and above the heaven and all the inhabitants of heaven all the inhabitants of earth they are all called together to bring praises to god almighty let them praise the name of the lord today no matter whether we are educated or uneducated working or not working married or unmarried whoever we may be god is calling us because we are one among the creations many creations of god god is expecting us to praise god praising god is one of the privileges that god has given to a human being when we live on the face of this earth when god expects all his creations including angels including sun moon and the stars including all the sea creatures and all the birds and all the animals and the kings and princes and judges and world men and the young women and they all need to be praising god if as human if we don't praise god how bad it is we have all the reason why we need to praise god you remember the scripture that jesus spoke one day I believe it was when he was entering into Jerusalem as a triumphal entry. He knew that it is very well it's a final entry for him to come to Jerusalem because he's going to be crucified. And he started weeping over the city of Jerusalem and he also said something that's significant here. Luke chapter 19 verse 40. He answered and said to them, can you read that with me? I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. 
You know, if we keep silent, if we hesitate to praise God, God is capable of, you know, bringing life to some object which is a material object and bring life into it and that will start praising God. God is so desperate that it shows the, the, the desperation of God for us to praise him. Remember what Jesus said in the kingdom parable? The workers in the vineyard. You know, this scripture really makes me get frightened. Matthew chapter 20 verse 16. He said, so the last will be first. And the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Today when we walk into the churches, those who are believers for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, they are good coming and sitting at the church, but then when we say praise and worship, we will see those who are just saved the previous night. Those who just got baptized in the previous month. Those who are anointed with the Holy Spirit in month back. They are all standing together and worshiping God. The last is becoming first. You know, we are living in the days where church is losing its significance because we are so familiar with our God. We know, okay, we know everything about God. We become so accommodated and comfortable and familiar with God and we think that there is nothing more that we can know about our God. But those who start growing in the Lord, those who are coming new to Christ, you know, they have the desire. The last is becoming first. And God is asking the churches, it's the time that you need to start praising Him. And finally, when verse 14, Psalm 148, and He has exalted the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to Him. Praise the Lord, God's own people. Most of all, God had dignified his own people with a lot of privileges as he calls him as their own, God's own people. The dignity that God has kept upon his own people, I want you to listen for a few more minutes before we close. The horn refers to the dignity that God has kept on you and me. It refers to the brightness. It refers to the brilliance. It refers to the power. It refers to the strength. It refers to the glory that God has kept on you and me against your enemies. You know, when God is saying that horn, it symbolically represents the strength that God has given in your life to deal with your adversary. That's what it simply means. And who is your adversary? The devil obviously is adversary. And God, the devil can also trigger people to work against your life. Do you have enemies? Any of you have enemies here? Not here, maybe somewhere else. Better don't have enemies here, okay? Somewhere else you have enemies? Oh, you're all very godly. Devil is your enemy. Only devil is your enemy. Rest are all your friend. My God, what a truth it is this morning. Think about the person you have not spoken to last one year. 
Even though there is an opportunity, but you hesitated to speak to him. Right? You hesitated to speak to him, even though there is an opportunity. There are enemies. There are enemies. But God says, certainly Jesus said, love your enemies. I'm not trying to do anything against them. Don't expect. Jesus said, you need to love. But God is saying, if you are his own people, if you praise, you know how to praise God, God will raise your horn. That cone is kept over you, your life, because there are people, they work against your life. And God has given so many promises. You know, I'm talking about the nation of Israel. God is talking about his own people. According to the old covenant, all these promises, they belong to the nation of Israel. But according to the new covenant, through the blood of Jesus Christ, all these promises are made available to Gentiles like us. And we can inherit all those promises and God is telling us and he has exalted the horn of his people. Those who know Lord Jesus, those who are washed by his blood, those who are sins are forgiven. And God is saying, you are my own people. And God is saying, all the promises belong to you because I have exalted your horn and your enemies cannot stand against you. You know, this morning, if you are, if you are targeted by the enemy, maybe the devil, our people of this earth, God wants you to praise him. God wants you to start praising him. Because when you start praising him, God will exalt your, your horn. You know, there are known and unknown threats to you and your family. There are known and unknown threats to your family. All the people on this earth. But God is, those who are depending on God, God is casting your enemies away. And he says, you will not see them anymore. But only you will see the destruction that is coming upon them. God is not asking us to pray against them. God is not asking us to hate them. He's asking us to love them. But God is a jealous God. He loves you so much that somebody, when someone raises against you, he cannot handle it. He cannot handle it. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 15. The prophet says, the Lord has taken away. Can you read this promise? And make it your own promise. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. When you praise him. When you praise him. There is a reason why all the creatures are doing their job. Because they know they need to obey their creator. If you are a man of praise or a woman of praise, all who fight against you will be surely put into shame. And those who oppose you, they will perish. That's what the word of God. We don't want them to perish. But that's how God works at times. Reading from NIV, Isaiah chapter 41 verse 11. Can you read that with me? All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish today people your own family members may do witchcraft against you your own family members may want to you want to see your destruction things that are not happening in your life generation after generation or things are getting on to generation from one generation to another generation there is something behind there is a work of the enemy behind somebody is doing something against your family somebody wants your family to go down they may say a curse or they may say a spell against your life 
They may plan to destroy your life. But if you are a woman of praise, if you are a man of praise, Bible says nothing is going to touch you. We're reading from Zechariah chapter 2 verse 5. Bible says, can you read this promise with me? For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her. And I will be the glory in her midst. You know, God wants us to praise him and encourage these promises. But because when you praise God, God is going to exalt your horn. God has given you power to bless people. That's what the word of God says. God has also given you power to curse people which we, which we don't use. We are very clever. We never use that part. But God has given us, given us authority to bless people. And in you, he says, your generation will be blessed. That's the promise of God. In you, your generation will be blessed. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. I will, this is a promise that God spoke to Israel. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. When this promise will come true, when our horn is exalted, when we start praising God, at the end of Psalm 148, he says, your horn will be exalted. Then everybody will know that he is God Almighty. Everybody will know he's your creator. This morning, shall we all just arise as we summarize and close. Psalm 148 is the most solemn and earnest call to all the creations to praise the Creator according to their capacity. Human is, the not, human is not the only creature that praises God. Human is one among the many creations that praise God today. All creatures other than angels and human beings, they bring glory to God just by being what they are, just fulfilling the purpose for which God had created them. When God expects all his creations, including sun, moon, and stars, and all the living creatures on the face of this earth, all kind of people to praise him. If as human, if we don't praise him, God will raise the material object to praise him. What a shame it will be on the people of God when we don't praise him. Even God had to do that. And he has exalted when we praise God. God exalts your heart. And you will see honor. You will see glory. You will see strength and power that is set upon your life. This morning God is speaking to us. All that God wants and he expects in our life is to be a people of praise a people of praise